0: Welcome to the Rich Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this word inspires you, gives you faith, and lifts you up to know that God can and will move in your life. Enjoy the message. Um, I'm in a series on the fruit of the Spirit, and this is our fourth Sunday, and I have several fruit that I want to go over, and I, I've been kind of mixing them up a little bit, and I, I know uh, I see our posts on Facebook, somebody, uh, whoever manages our uh, Facebook page for the church uh, Gives people opportunity To guess which fruit We're going to talk about today And I had somebody guess grapefruit uh, If there's one fruit I don't want to Eat or talk about is grapefruit Anybody I, there's, My grandfather used to eat them all the time but uh, um, We're going to talk about Two different fruit today We're going to take two fruit That are very similar We're going to talk about kindness and goodness. Because this is a great week to talk about kindness and goodness. John chapter 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Jesus is saying this. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. And I want you to remember, it says, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, without Jesus, without God, you can do only half of what you can do? Only a part? No, it says nothing. Your marriage won't last Without being attached to the vine. It's true. I mean, Julie and I have, have counseled so many couples. And 100% of the time, when a marriage does not last, it's because one of the two have walked away from the Lord. 100% of the time. We have to stay Attached to the vine. So there are are, are likely very similar words, um, kindness and goodness. They're the words of Jesus on the last night of his time spent with his disciples in the upper room when he spoke, uh, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. It, It was just hours before he was carted off to be crucified. And in this teaching, Jesus seared into their Collective consciousness. A picture for them to remember when he was gone. He wanted them to remember these words. It was an image of a vine bearing fruit. Those who connect themselves to the vine and remain in Christ. He said will bear much fruit. Together they will fulfill the command of Christ. To love each other. That's what it's about. To love each other. Now you fast forward a few decades later. Paul is writing to the church in Galatia. And it turns out that this church is a pretty relationally challenged church and has a lot of problems. Paul decides to reclaim this image that Jesus gave the disciples of the vine and the fruit. And he encourages them to be people who bear fruit or bear the kind of fruit that leads to love. Fruit that comes from the Spirit of God. And we're going to look at these two two fruit, or, or if you want to call them virtues, that's what they are. Kindness and goodness. And it makes sense to couple these two words together when, when, when we're studying the fruit of the Spirit because they're actually very closely related. The first word I want to talk about is kindness. It comes from the Greek, uh, Greek word krestotos. Crestotus, kindness typically refers to an action. And the word Christotis describes a person's inner disposition. It might roughly be translated this way, a, a, a generous temperament which puts others at their ease and refrains from doing harm. Yeah, you, you ever met those people that you say, they're just a kind-hearted person? You ever know those people? Just a kind-hearted person. Matthew chapter 11, verse 30 says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is Jesus. He says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you're carrying a heavy load, I say this, you're carrying the load wrong. Because his burden is light. His yoke is easy. When we think about yoke, um, we don't think about an egg yoke. You know, because some people say, that's talking. no, we're talking about a, a, a yoke that ties two oxen together or a yoke that puts, you, you put the load on an ox or an animal of some sort and you tie the load to them. And what it does, it, it disperses the weight, Right? Disperses the weight. I, I know this. That when when I'm when I'm doing some exercise, at and we we not very long ago we did a, a a road march. It was not a road march. You know this. It was a road run, and it was terrible. Anyway, I had this crazy backpack with thirty five pounds in it, and so did you. And, and it was nuts. But the thing that I found about doing exercising like this, or when we go to Colorado and we hunt, the thing that's important, Steve, you know this, is when you have a great backpack, when you have a good pack, it disperses the weight properly. And so when you have the good pads up here and then you have a good chest strap and then you have something that comes around your waist at the proper height and the weight sits up on your hips a little bit so you disperse the weight properly, then you can carry a heavier load for a longer amount of time. It may be uncomfortable just a little bit, but it's nothing that you can't bear. So Jesus is saying my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He uses the root of this word crestotis when, when he says his yoke is eating, meaning it, it, it doesn't chafe. He says it doesn't chafe. How many, how many times do we rub people the wrong way? I know this is a hard word. Sometimes we think, man, pastor is rubbing me the wrong way. Goodness, on the other hand, It's translated from another Greek word. Uh, I can't pronounce any of these very well at all. I'm sure I'm messing them all up. If somebody was in here that knew Greek really well, they're probably thinking, Oh, dear God, Pastor, stop. It's another Greek word, uh, agathosin. And this word is closer related to kindness, but it's a more active term. Agathosin generally is described this way, a generous character energized, expressing itself in active good. I like that. In active good. So this is, we're talking about goodness. When these two words come together, they bring together the two ideas of character and action. We we might put it this way. Uh, If we were to bring the two together, generous action, which flows out of a spirit that seeks good and not harm. Kindness and goodness go hand in hand. Remember, Paul is talking to a church that was relationally challenged. So, the first thing I want us to look at is the power of kindness and goodness. See, the real challenge that we may have with these two words are the images that they evoke in our minds. It may just be me, but... When I think about the word kindness, I I think about um, when I think about the word kindness, I think about grandmothers, kindergarten teachers, you know. And then when I think about goodness, I think about Boy Scouts, Mom and Dad Brady from the Brady Bunch, you know. Leave it to Beaver. I mean, they're nice images, don't get me wrong, but that's just part of the problem. In our world, kind and good, they sound like nice. That's the problem. In our world, these words, kindness and goodness, have this tendency to sound lightweight, timid, weak. Kindness doesn't advance your position in the company. It's not going to cause you to stand out among the competition. Kindness isn't going to win you a critical argument in the kitchen, right? He was kind to me. He didn't throw a skillet or she was kind to me. She didn't throw a skillet. And goodness isn't going to put food on the table. It's not going to put your kids through college or or pay for your retirement. What good are goodness and kindness? What good are they? When we come face to face with the challenges in our real world, for for many people, kindness and goodness seem like old-fashioned, sentimental ideas from people who are just slightly out of touch with reality. But we're talking about nice No, we're not talking about nice. We're talking about goodness and kindness. Because goodness and kindness are not just nice. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the spirit-empowered virtues of goodness and kindness. Though they're simple virtues, they contain an enormous subversive strength. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to look around the world and discover that it's a harsh, cold place, especially right now. As we open up the newspapers and we look at the headlines or we watch the news, we discover that we're, we're in the midst of a global crisis and a national controversy right now. And we wonder what's going to happen. We, we look at our homes and we find relational problems of all sorts. Marriages that are full of conflict. Children who have made bad decisions. We look at our workplaces and we see people who will stop at nothing to push themselves ahead of the crowd at whatever cost it may be even to anyone else including you. And when you add to all of that the sad reality facing millions of people around the world, the bitter problem of poverty and hunger, the children who are being sold and exploited, the pandemic worldwide, it doesn't take us long to acknowledge that the world can be a severe, unrelenting place. And in a world like that, Kindness and goodness are the last things that you expect to see thrive and flourish. In a world that is hard, in a world that's severe, the tendency of man is to turn his attention towards himself, to be self-protective, self-promoting, self-preserving. And when that happens, the world gets even colder, harder, and more isolating. Let, let it be about me and my family and let's protect our family and let's not do anything that would cause our family to be placed in harm's way whatsoever at all. So we're, we're going to stay away from everyone and anything that would remotely be a, 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 a scare, a, a, a fearful thing, right? My, my dad this past week, I was talking to dad and dad said, you know what? I'm tired of being stuck in the home. I've been here for eight months. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of that. You know, I can understand it. You've got health problems. You've got health issues. And you're, and you're concerned that maybe maybe we could get sick or something. Listen to me clearly. Before this ever happened, before this pandemic ever happened, there were all sorts of things that you could contract and be sick and, do, and, and die of, of all sorts of things. Before this thing ever started. See, but this is where where kindness and goodness can begin to demonstrate their subversive power in a world that is cold and hard like ours. In a world that seems to to demand that everyone look after his own interests, then small and seemingly insignificant acts of generosity can break through. Among the bitter, hard, cold landscape, kindness and goodness can be seen for the beauty that they present as these virtues are shared in community. They contain the amazing power to soften the harshness of the world. And yesterday I saw that right over here in this parking lot when we were giving out things for families. We were giving Thanksgiving meals to families yesterday. Entire boxes. Some families needed multiple. Multiple boxes. And, and we give that. Some, some people walked up. Some people just showed up. They didn't, they didn't sign up. You know what? We made sure that they got what they needed. Why is it? Because we were showing a spiritual virtue. It wasn't just because we wanted to do something good and we were trying to be good to our community. I saw people over here that had hearts for people. They were concerned. They were praying for, they prayed over those boxes. They prayed over, could you imagine laying hands on turkeys and praying over them in Jesus' name when somebody takes a bite of this turkey, let the Holy Spirit get a hold of them. But those types of prayers took, they took place. Because not only are we concerned about meeting somebody's need in that way, we're concerned about people's souls. People need to feel fellowship. They need to feel love. Listen, they need to feel your kindness and goodness. And I'm not talking about you being nice. They need to feel the spiritual virtue of kindness and goodness. National Public Radio has a project called Story Corp. It's a traveling sound booth. Right now, it's on pause. They're doing it different ways. But what this traveling sound booth does is it captures stories. They'll move it from city to city, and, and they set it there, and they invite whoever wants to come and share a story. They could go into the sound booth, and they can record a story. And they've captured a lot of stories that way. Right now, they're actually doing it because of the pandemic and things. They're, they're doing it to where you can do it video or, or record it online. But they had a, they captured a story. This man, Julio, Julio Diaz. Julio is a uh, 31-year-old social worker from the Bronx, and I'm going to read this story. Every night, he has a regular evening routine. He ends his hour-long commute back from the city to his apartment one stop early in the evenings so that he can get off and go to a diner to eat dinner. This diner has become his home diner spot. And one night, Diaz stepped off the number six train onto a nearby empty platform. And his evening took an unexpected turn as he walked towards the stairs. A teenage boy approached him and pulled out a knife and robbed him. Julio gives the boy his wallet and says, here you go. And as the boy turns to leave, Walks away, Julio calls out, hey, so he goes, hey, hey, wait a minute, you forgot something. Listen, if you're going to be out here robbing people all night, it's cold. You probably are going to need my coat. So here you go. So he took his coat off, and he handed it to the young boy. And The boy kind of in shock was standing there, and Julio said, hey, you know what? I, I actually was just going up here to this diner. Uh, to grab some dinner, and would you mind, do you want to eat dinner with me? And the boy was like shocked by that, and so he was like, sure. He was hungry, hadn't ate, and so went up to the diner, and and Julio walks in, and uh, the manager comes by and, you know, says hi to Julio, because he'd been there every night, and the waitress comes by and says hi to Julio, and knew his name, and even the dishwasher and the cook. They waved at him and hollered his name out as they walked in and the teenage boy goes, Man, you know everybody. And so Julio asked the boy, what is it that you want out of life? The boy is surprised, he says, Man, you he said, you're even nice to the dishwasher. I didn't think that people actually behave this way anymore. And so Julio says, well, what is it that you're looking for in life? And, and the boy just sits there not knowing what to say. And when the bill comes, Julio says, look, um, I, I guess you're going to have to pay because you've got my wallet. But he says, if you'll give my wallet back to me, I'll buy your dinner. So the boy handed his wallet back to Julio. And Julio pulls out a $20 bill and hands it to the boy and he says, i tell you what, I'll, I'll give you that for your knife. So the boy reaches in and he gives his knife to Julio. This is what Julio, last, his last statement says. He goes, I figure if you treat people right, you can only hope that they treat you right. It's as simple as it gets in this complicated world. A few weeks back, I said something to you. I said, there are some joy busters in this world, and one of those joy busters is unsatisfied expectations. And I want you to understand that that unsatisfied expectation will destroy a lot of the virtues that God is wanting to place in our lives. We put put such high expectations on people, on God, on ourselves, on our bosses, on our spouses, on our kids. I mean, I know we expect our kids to, to, to go, when they go to bed at night, to turn off the lights in the house, right? And when we wake up the next morning and all the lights are on in the house, what do you think? Steals your joy, doesn't it? First thing in the morning. Man, my lights have been on all night long. My bill's going to be high. All these thoughts. I mean, there's little things like this. What was this teenage boy's expectation of what Julio was going to do? The teenage boy didn't expect Julio to hand him his wallet and holler back and say, hey, take my coat too. He expected him to, as he turned away, Probably cuss at him, yell at him, scream at him, flip him off, give him the bird. I mean, that's what some of us would do. Because we're not functioning in goodness and kindness. You know, when I hear that story, I don't, I don't think he was being nice. I don't think Julio was just being nice. I, I think he was tapping into the power of kindness and goodness, which is much stronger than nice. Kindness is that great uh, uh, jujitsu response. I, I've i got a... Julie's got an uncle. That was a, I don't know, seven or eight degree black belt in jujitsu, whatever that is. I mean, he was a trainer and a teacher and instructor. He was very... Very um, good at what he did. But one of the things that I noticed about DeWayne was that he could handle himself in a lot of situations. Not physically. Because jiu is not necessarily about that. Although he could. It is about taking the energy from someone else's aggressiveness and turning it a different direction. And I wonder if we need a little goodness and kindness in our life. Not being expre- not, not expressed by somebody else, but welling up from within us and being expressed to other people. I, I wonder at just how much you need kindness inside of you. Can I tell you something? God has given you the goodness and kindness that you need. You don't need to pray for it. It's already there for you. It's just like patience. You have to choose to function in goodness and kindness. Let, let's look at this real quick. And number two, the second thing is is Jesus' kindness and goodness. How, how did he function? We've made our way through some of the fruit of the Spirit, and we've been turning to the Gospels in Jesus' life to see how he expresses the fruit throughout his ministry. And I'm going to be in Mark chapter 7 here in just a minute. This this is an encounter that Jesus had as he journeyed from the Mediterranean sea coast into uh, Galilee. And a crowd of people brought a deaf and mute man to him to be healed. This is what it said in verse 31, Mark chapter 7. Again, departing for the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. And when they brought him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, And they begged him to put his hand on him, and he took him aside. Notice, he took him aside from the multitude. Notice that. And he put his fingers in his ears, listen, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is being opened. Now, now, be open. Now, I want you to know that if, if, if somebody functioned like that in our church today, we would think they're crazy. Really? He stuck his fingers in my ear. He touched my tongue. Are you kidding me? Right? We would. Verse 35, immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one. But the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Now, I want to make a few observations about the kindness that Jesus demonstrates toward this man. The first thing that I want to point out is that Jesus' kindness is expressed Person to person. When Jesus was asked to heal this man, he was asked by a crowd of people to do it. Did you notice that how he responds and to whom he responds? He doesn't respond to the crowd. He doesn't engage the crowd. He responds directly to the man. He responds directly to him, engaging him person to person. It's very intimate. This is what Jesus did. He's given us an example of how to do things. Very intimate, person to person. The scripture said that he took him aside, away from the others. And there, away from the crowd, Jesus sees this man as an individual. He sees him as a person with a life. And a past, a person with hurts and with hopes. And can I tell you something? Every person in this room and watching has hurts, a past that you don't want to relive mistakes that you've made maybe mistakes that you've made this morning and can i tell you that jesus loves you just the way you are with your hang-ups with your hurts with your inconsistencies and all that bowled up into you jesus still loves you and so do i i mean i want you to remember peter wasn't perfect and he was a disciple Jesus didn't say, Peter, thou art perfect, leave. He didn't say that. He didn't say, Peter, you've disqualified yourself. He didn't say that to him, did he? He said, Peter. He said, Simon, you will be Peter. He said, you're the rock that I'm going to build my church on. Because I don't see you for who you were. I don't see your past. I don't see your hurts anymore. I see you for who you're going to be. So Jesus, he sees this this man as an individual with all his hurts and his hopes. And he sees him for who he is in that private moment. And Jesus communicates with him about his intentions tenderly. Jesus takes his fingers and places them in the man's ears, showing him where he will be changed, touching the finger from his tongue to this man's. He assures him that once again he will be able to speak. And with dignity, respect, and care. Jesus makes it clear to this man that this moment is for him. The object of goodness and kindness is the well-being of another individual. See, kindness flows from one person to another. It's from one person to another. The second thing I want to point out is that Jesus demonstrates that God is the source of goodness and kindness. Jesus demonstrates this. I want you to notice, I don't know if you did, that Jesus, do, what Jesus does right before he heals the man. It's, it's a very simple action that you could almost miss if you read through it quickly. It says that he looked up to heaven. He looked up to heaven. That simple upward look was an acknowledgement by Jesus to the man and to all of us as we read it today that every good thing comes from the Father. If there's any kindness in the world, if there's any goodness, they can't simply be mustered up from within us. These things find their source in God. So what we don't do often is what Jesus naturally does. He looks up to the Father, recognizing that he has nothing except what he receives from the Father and remembering his words. He says, if you remain in me and I in you, right, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't show people the the, the kind of kindness that we're talking about in your own Self, You can't show people the kind of goodness that we're talking about without the Spirit of God. The third thing that I want to point out from the encounter is something that we've already said. That goodness and kindness indeed have the power to change the world. Goodness and kindness have the power to change the world. Verse 35 says, At this the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. The action of Jesus changed this man's world. The harsh realities of, listen, you have to consider how this man had lived. Death with an impediment speech. He couldn't talk clearly. And so because of that, what do you think the, how do you think the world treated him? It laughed at him. He was probably the butt-end of all the jokes. He probably had to beg. He was a beggar. He couldn't hear anybody. And they laughed at him. So they were hard to him. They were, they were hurtful. And Jesus sits there, stands there, and looks at this man. For who he was as an individual. And Jesus begins to see him. I know your hurts. I know you feel alone because you can't hear anything. And your mind is telling you that you see the faces. You see them laughing at you. And the enemy speaking to this man because the enemy's trying to destroy him because that's what he does. He, he's like a, a roaming lion seeking whom he may devour. And so the enemy begins to speak to this man. They're making fun of you. No one loves you. No one cares for you. Look at them. Look at their faces. See their smiles. See their laughs. He begins to speak to this deaf mute man and says, You're neglected. No one cares. How many people do we have in the church that are not deaf and mute, but they feel neglected and they feel alone because we as a church have not stood up with the spiritual fruit of goodness and kindness and loved each other? When was the last time that you saw someone who cared for you and you actually showed them the fruit of the Spirit, kindness, and goodness? When was the last time? Can I tell you something? There are very few people that I call friend in my life anymore. Very few. And the reason for that is because, you know what, you could share some things with people, but they don't care. Man, I'm I'm speaking truth, and this is hard. But some of us need to recognize that when somebody reaches out to you, there's a reason. And when we begin to show the fruit of kindness and goodness to others, they feel that. And it begins to change the world. Because the moment that you share goodness and kindness with people, you know what happens? It's just like the man. Jesus sees me. Jesus recognizes me. He sees me as an individual. And he loves me for who I am. And he cares for me. Jesus, the one everybody's talking about, he cares for me. And that's what happens when I get a, when I get a, uh, Message I, I've got some friends of mine That we don't We don't see each other Very often But we're just like best friends I mean We can act You know It's just as if we were just Together all the time We talk all the time You know And we don't But you put us together And we're like Whoa. We can, And we can laugh And we can be ourselves We can be real but here's what's special about these friendships and relationships. Because we're talking about relationships here. I, that's, that's what these things are. They're relational. How can you sh- show kindness and goodness to a thing? You show kindness and goodness to each other. To each other. I get, I get, I get text message, hey, I'm just thinking about you. I just want you to know that God loves you and I do too. Because all good things come from Him, right? I, I mean, when, when we get those things, when you get those things, it's just the simple little things. See, those are the results of kindness and goodness. It changes the world. And when we show that, His people can begin to experience an overcoming kindness even now in, in their lives when you show it. So, I'm closing right now, I promise. This week's Thanksgiving week. And I don't know how many people you're going to have at your family Thanksgiving. It may just be three or four or six. Or ten. Lord help that eleventh person that shows up at the doorstep. (laughs) I don't know, but I want you to understand this. You have the power to change someone's world. You have the power to change someone's world. You have inside of you fruit of the Spirit that only comes from God. These fruit of kindness and goodness, love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, all those things, have the power to change the way someone feels about themselves. It has the power to change the destructive thoughts of the enemy. It has the power to change the downward spiral of depression. Depression. It has the power to change the feeling of hopelessness that someone close to you may have. You carry it with you. I have a full-grown Jesus living inside of me. Ethan, I have a full-grown Jesus living inside of me. I can show goodness and kindness when I choose. That's the problem. Well, back in 1994, that person across the room, they did blah, 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 blah. And we hold on to bitterness and we hold on to the past because we have so much bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts. And how can you stay attached to the vine if you will not forgive somebody and show goodness and kindness? a problem we 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 choose well because they did this I'm not going to show them goodness and kindness but now this person over here they're closer to me I know they made some mistakes but I'm going to show them goodness and kindness so we choose show forth the fruit of the spirit goodness and kindness there they are two fruit that are absolutely and positively relational fruit From one to another, you can be good and you can be kind. It's not about being nice. Now, I will tell you this, that sometimes showing kindness and goodness as we grow, because I believe that goodness and kindness can be at a level, you know. Sometimes our levels are kind of low when it comes to certain people. And so maybe kindness and goodness being shown to somebody is not saying anything. I choose to show them kindness and just stay mute. You know? But as God begins to heal you and the unforgiveness in your heart and the bitterness that you harbor, because that's what happens. We harbor things and we judge people for their past decisions and we therefore do not show them kindness and goodness because of their past. Maybe the things that they've done in the past and we, we chalk them up as a bad person and so therefore we don't show them what they deserve to be shown. Can I tell you something? I promise you that the deaf, mute person wasn't perfect. Jesus didn't judge. Jesus didn't say, you know, back in 10 AD, you assaulted a woman, or you robbed this person, or you do this, or you did that. Jesus didn't say a thing. He didn't judge. What an example talking about allowing the Spirit of God to strengthen you on the inside to do something with the anointing of the Holy Spirit that would exemplify the goodness and kindness that only comes from the Father that you cannot show forth without His help. And you have that opportunity. Just do it, right? Just do it. I've mentioned it several times. You don't have to pray for goodness and kindness because God has already given it all to you. We have to make a choice to show goodness and kindness. So in your prayer, it would be, God, help me and empower me to show forth goodness and kindness to those around me and help me change their world. And how how awesome would that be that you have you have inside of you, when you walk out the store, listen, when, you, when this message is fixing to end. when you leave, when this stops, I want you to leave with this in mind. You have inside of you what it takes to change someone's world. You do. You have what it takes. Every single person, you have what it takes question is, will you walk in the authority of goodness and kindness in the fruit of the Spirit that He's given you? It's a choice. There's a few people that I love dearly that have made many mistakes. And I could tell you right now that I don't stand here without mistakes in my life. There's been moments when many people have not shown me the goodness and kindness that I wish they would have shown. It's real. So somebody this past week, I want to be the pastor that I I always wanted. That's what I want to be. I want to be the pastor that I always wanted. Let's be the people. Let's be the friend. Let's be the family member that we want. If we make a mistake, let's be kind and good. Amen? This is a good week to learn this. It's a good week. They posted on Facebook, what fruit do you think we're going to talk about? Leandra, she got it. Part of it. She's half, she was half right. She said goodness. Kindness goes along with us. I want us to do this. I want us to stand to our feet because this message is very applicable to your life. You walk out this door, guess what? Even even here today, you are commissioned to be good and kind. We're not talking about nice. Kindness and goodness, totally different. You've been commissioned to do that. Let's, Let's pray. Father God, there's many of us that are listening to this message that we have situations where it's very difficult for us to be to show these virtues of goodness and kindness to certain people. Maybe it's our personalities but God, we're no longer going to hide behind our personality. We're not going to any longer use it as an excuse of not using the virtues and the fruit of the Spirit that you've offered to us. We're not going to hide behind these personalities and say, because I'm this way, I can't show that. We're not going to do that anymore. But God, we are going to take this challenge of choosing to show love, choosing to be kind, choosing to be good. Speak to us ways that we can do that with those that we're around. Those that need to see it, need to hear it, need to feel it. Help us through your help and through the Spirit of God change someone's world.